The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I, I was getting ready to leave our second floor apartment. In, uh, this was in Queens at the beginning of our marriage. When, uh, but I could hear our landlady, Phyllis, at the front door being talked at by a Jehovah's Witness. Phyllis would start to say, well, thank you, but, and the woman at the door would keep right on talking. And it says right here that only 144,000 will be saved. Phyllis tried again. Well, I'm not interested, thank you. And then there will be a thousand-year reign of the righteous. I really have to go. Thank you for coming. Don't you want to be among the saved? I'm really not interested. But if you just look at the watchtower here, Phyllis was stuck. She was very nice and polite, and so she was stuck because some people don't take polite seriously. So I went down the stairs and said, she said she's not interested, and I shut the door. And Phyllis said, oh, you're so rude, a sentiment with which my wife would concur. One of the most striking and disturbing aspects of the story that we have as, today, as today's gospel is how rude Jesus was to this Canaanite woman from Tyre and Sidon. She wants something he can provide, healing for her daughter. She even believes in him, calling him by a messianic title, Lord, Son of David. But first he ignores her, and then he tries to dismiss her by calling her a dog. But she does not give up. I suppose because my parents taught me respect for gutsy women, I admire her persistence and her faith. And as I've said many times, I don't enjoy preaching on the Gospel of Matthew, but I do like this text, and I enjoy preaching on this one because of this woman's guts. She made so much noise, crying out, Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon that the disciples wanted to get rid of her. She was making a scene. She was like a one-person demonstration. Jesus dismissed their concern by referring to his mission, his sense of purpose. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But this woman was not about to be put off by being in the wrong category of people. She knew she was a foreigner, an outsider, an outcast. 
a barbarian in Greek thought, and a dog to the Hebrew mind. She knelt in front of Jesus and said, Lord, help me. He still wasn't ready to help her. He reasserted his mission, his purpose, and put her attempt to distract him from it in perspective. It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs, he said. But she was ready for this put down and gave the most self-effacing and unblinking reply in the Gospels. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She'll be content with crumbs. That'll be enough for her daughter's healing. She may be a dog in Jesus' mind, but she could live with that because she believed that Jesus was the master from whose table fell the crumbs of life and salvation from the, from the possession and tormenting of demons. She did not blink in the face of Jesus' withering gaze. He was in awe of her faith, her determination to make her request with unflinching trust that he could grant it. Great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish, he said. Considering the culture of Jesus' day, this woman had three strikes against her. And there were at least three reasons that Jesus could ignore her. First, she was a Canaanite. This is the only place in the New Testament where that Gentile name is used. In the Old Testament, Canaanite was synonymous with sinner because these were the people whom the people of Israel displaced and who worshipped in the fertility religion of the Baals that included temple prostitution and other practices that Jews knew were wrong. But Jews also were to have nothing to do with non-Jews. It wasn't snobbery, but obedience to the divine law. If a Jew touched a non-Jew, they were ritually unclean and could not perform their ritual duties. And this was part of the reason Jesus' mission was to Jews, the lost sheep of a house of Israel, and not to non-Jews. The second strike against this Canaanite woman and the second reason Jesus could be rude to her was that she was a woman, a woman who violated Jewish order by not only coming into the presence of a group of males, they were not allowed to do that, but then proceeded to yell after them. Women who did this were usually members of the world's oldest profession and to be ignored by the righteous. She was a sinner by birth and gender, and finally, the third strike against her was her daughter's ailment. Demon possession was seen as a, a sign of sin. If the daughter was possessed, the parents must have sinned. Being a sinner was cause for being ignored by the righteous and religious. We live in a very different time, so what does this woman and her story have to say to us? Well, some people, especially women, find this woman's plight easy to identify with. Some of the women here today remember what it was like to work in an all-male environment. Some of you remember when the leadership of this congregation was exclusively male. But this woman represents all who are excluded or looked down upon by accident of birth, 
the foreigners, the outsiders, outcasts, and strangers, all who are viewed as a nuisance. Matthew wants us to see that the gospel of God's love in Jesus Christ is for all who, op who are open to it, all who call upon the name of the Lord. In the first lesson we read from Isaiah, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. The problem and possibility is for us, the insiders, to be as open to those outside as the Lord wants, because often their faith is greater than ours. Last Saturday, I went along with the group uh, serving the evening meal at Chosen 300 in North Philadelphia. It was a good-sized group of willing volunteers. I think you can see a photograph in Friday's email uh, of the group. And I was the only person in the group who'd never done this before. Uh, I discovered when Pastor Brian asked if there were any new people, and mine was the only hand raised. Pastor Brian introduced us. We sang, sang some songs. I did a brief meditation. At the beginning of the song, one person sitting in the front row started to object that they came to eat, not to sing, and object very loudly to the point where Pastor Brian ushered them out. Um, and then we had a brief prayer, and for them a brief prayer, and we served the food. I helped to carry plates to guests at the tables. When everyone had been fed and seconds were offered, we started to clean up. And at that point, one of the guests came up to me and looked up at me and said, remember me? And I looked down and said, sure I do. It was a guy I'll call Jerome, who was a regular attendee of Feast Incarnate, which is a free meal at University Lutheran Church in West Philadelphia, where I was the interim for two years after I left for, um, left Upper Dublin the first time. Um, Jerome was probably the most together guest at that program. Uh, he was someone who uh, would help with our setting up and clean up. He's also the person who once when the food uh, was not warm, it was supposed to be delivered warm, but it was cold, He's, he challenged me. He said, you know, I worked in food service. There are rules about this. You can't serve stuff that's less than 140 degrees. And I said, I know, you want to help us warm it up? Sure. And so he did. And as a result of that, he became the guest representative to our board. But I had not seen him for 10 years. So, you know, we quickly kind of caught up. I had written a couple letters of recommendation for him 10 years ago but he could never get a permanent job because he had been incarcerated, I think for something pretty serious. And so he'd get a job, and then when they ran the background check, he would lose the job. And then he'd go find another job or get part-time jobs where they would pay him under the table. So I asked what he was doing now. Well, I moved from West Philly. It was too expensive. I'm living with some friends here in North Philly. I get by you know, on part-time jobs, and I'm doing okay. And he said, hey, I'm 62 years old. I said, well, you don't look it. Good for you. 
Somehow, he manages, with help from programs like Chosen 300, they make a big difference, and our participation in them is a way we reach out to those who are on the margins, like Jerome. The story of the Canaanite woman making a pest of herself to get Jesus' attention urges us to look beyond the surface and beyond our reaction to other people's behavior or background, to look for and to see their faith and trust in Jesus, to see it even in the very attitudes and actions that may annoy us. Jesus was rude to this woman and justified in being rude by his culture. But as she repeated her request and asked for mercy, he saw more than an outsider and an annoyance. He saw one who trusted in him and was in need of the good news he brings and embodies. We can see that too and be the welcoming community that he calls us to be. We can make room for those whom the Spirit sends to us. We can do this because we have received more than crumbs. In the bread and cup, we receive forgiveness, new life and hope, the promise of eternal life. We have been given all this through baptism and in this meal that makes us a community of God's people in Christ. The Christ who says to all who turn to him, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you wish. Amen.